If you are an estate agent, letting agent, or someone who is interested in the property market, then this, the UK property market stat show is for you. My name is Chris Watkin, and my special guest this week is Christian Stott. We'll come to Christian in a second. The purpose of this show is to talk about what's happening in the UK property market right here, right now. Many indexes out there are often months and months out of date. The Land Registry particularly is looking at sales that were agreed nine or 10 months ago. The uh, Nationwide and Halifax are looking at mortgage offers. And again, the mortgage offers are normally dealt with probably a couple of weeks before exchange of contracts. So again, they are, as it's taking normally um, 19 weeks at the moment to get a sale through, again, those are going to be a couple of months out of date. By looking at the sale, the listings and the sales agreed, price reductions and exchanges, we can see what's happening in the property market, as you say, right here, right now. And by doing that, we can then judge what's going to be happening to those indices in the future. Listings are important because if we have too many of them, then if there's too many houses on the market, then we have problems with oversupply. Uh, if there aren't enough properties selling, again, we have an issue there. So we're going to be looking at all that. This show lasts for approximately one hour, and the first half an hour, we'll talk look at the national stats. We'll then spend five or ten minutes looking at the regional stats. And then finally, we will end up at our local town focus. And this week, it is on Fulham where we will look at full, all the Fulham estate and letting agents, compare how well they're doing their uh, market share, how many houses they sell, sales to listings, exchanges to listings, price reductions, everything. It's like a right move pie chart and right move plus um, report on steroids. Today, I'm joined by Christian Stott. He's a regular on the show, comes uh, to the show every uh, six, eight weeks. And uh, Christian used to run a huge estate agency in the West Midlands, and now is is in the property uh, AI and other sort of functions uh, on the peripheries. But he keeps his finger on the pulse when it comes to stats, and he certainly knows his onions. Uh, Christian, thanks for joining me today. Hello, Chris. Good to see you. Good to have you back on the show, mate. You always Thank offer you. a great insight. Uh, because you're both an estate agent, but also not an estate agent anymore. So you, know, you have a great insight. Christian, we're dealing with week 40 this week, which, just looking at my calendar, is Monday the 2nd of October 2023 to Sunday the 8th of October 2023 inclusive. And we will compare week 40 against week 40s on the other previous four, uh, six or seven years. And we will also uh, look at stats compared to year-to-date figures as well. From So should we just dive in and go and have a look at this week's stats? Yeah, mate? I'm quite excited because I think the last time we spoke... We were sort of waiting for something to happen and we weren't quite sure what. So I think by now, uh, all will be here we go. Well, You didn't see these. You haven't seen these stats, so it'll be new for you as well. So here we go. So as always, we look at the listing. So I'll just spend 30 seconds looking at these stats and then Christian, you can dive in. So this is the... Uh, for everyone that's watching this, the um, the pink line is 23, and then the orange dots are 19, the turquoise 18, and the yellow dots 17. And this is listings, accumulative listings year to date. We're on 1.3 million. The average price of a property that's come onto the market is 436,000 pounds this week. And that is the number of listings, 32,051. So let's bring to us back to this one. What's your thoughts on this, Christian? 
seems to be tracking, doesn't it? Um, I think, you know, when we were talking before, we were sort of worried that um, could we be seeing a lack of stock and changing demand and potentially that changing demand forcing the stock to change. And actually, it seems to be tracking kind of as we expected. It's behind 2018, but actually rather in line with 1917. Um, State of the bleeding, obvious there, aren't I? Um, I don't think there's anything to see there compared to what we were expecting. No, and what you've got to remember, ladies and gentlemen, who are watching this, is that awful year of 2008, the number of properties that came on the market, if they were published on this graph here, it was coming up here. It just, everyone dumped their houses on the market. Yeah. Okay. And there was a flood of stock coming on the market. And that was that was the thing that started where basically buyers had it was a very much a buyer's market and they could, you know, they could knock people down, which drove prices down. It's important we keep an eye on these stats because this is the demand for the supply. This is the supply. Okay. Um the average price of a property, as I said, is presently running at 436. We're going to come and look at that. We've got some new graphs for you, Christian, to have a look at that. But we'll come on to that in a second. So uh, the number of price changes is 24,358. Now, just to give you an idea in terms of price reductions, that means on average 14.8% of UK residential stock is being reduced on a monthly basis, okay? So whether that's enough or not, I don't know. But And the average price of a property being reduced is 412. Any thoughts on price reductions? Yes, if you just jump back to your uh, the number of changes, this is what we were really focused on. So the, the sorry, the, the the stat previous to that, I think that's what we were focused on when we were talking before about how many disgruntled vendors there's going to be who've approached the market with one expectation and they're now being realigned to another. Um, obviously, that does present opportunity for second agents to come on in um, if it's the first listing that's being reduced. But that number, I think, is a dangerous number. Um, you know, you just don't like to see it. It means agents having to really work their stock. Um, and, you know, it means what they brought to the market isn't necessarily what the market was expecting. And I think that's the one to watch as the weeks move towards the end of the calendar year is, you know, what's going to happen with that number. Um, it's, we don't measure viewings in this conversation do we we don't have stats on that we don't have stats on that i mean interestingly the number of price changes each day is twenty four thousand three hundred fifty eight. the average for the year is twenty thousand two hundred. yeah yeah it's, i think 22 is a big uplift but my hue that was probably inaccurate but it's not that far off is it um yeah i i, I don't like that number if i'm going to be brutally honest with you Okay, you think it's too high? Is, that, is it endemic of the fact that agents are putting overpriced properties on? I mean, the other I think side... it is symbolic. Yes, uh, obviously, we, you know, we're measuring in in weeks, aren't we? And a week is no time. Um, but what I do think is, if that is the trend, uh, and the trend continues, it, it means that agents are still valuing against the expectation of the market, which means they're still bringing prices down, which means they're still upsetting vendors which still means they're still providing opportunity for a second listing. And as an agent, you know, you spent all the money getting it on the market, all the diesel to get no cash back out of it. I mean, I find it fascinating at the moment. If you look at 
your chances of selling a property in 2021, the chances were knocking on the door of 80%. So basically, for every 100 houses that came onto the market in the UK in 2021, eight, just under 80% of them would sell, okay? Yeah, I think, I think we've had this conversation before, but for certain brands in certain areas, that's a low ball. Actually, there were areas and brands that were doing way, way over that. Of course. I mean, and again, what you'll tend to find is this, is that the higher price properties have a lower propensity to sell. And um, the further up north, the greater the chance you will selling. So in essence, there were some agents in 21 that were over 100% because they were eating into their stock. Yeah. I think the magic thing here is, which I think is really important, is this, is that this year, on average, 32,600 houses are coming on the market each week, of which 21,777 are sale agreed, with 5,400 price um, fall-throughs, which means net sales is 16,300. So the bottom line is this. It is, to, to within a fag paper's width, for every two houses you're putting on the market, you're exchanging contracts on 50% of them. And like you say, that is, I mean, you could say that is a more normal market. But again, my personal opinion when it comes to these estate, estate agents is, what's the point of putting something on on the market that's overpriced if it's not going to sell? But then the other part of me says, Christian, you need it on the market to sell it. Well, you say that also. You've you've missed a word out, which is when. Um, I think if you if you bring stocks to the market and it is slightly overpriced, it's all right as long as the the relationship with the owner of that property is such that you've had a realistic conversation. They understand the the perils of coming to the market at a higher than expected value. It's fine because you're going to sell it in the end. You might reduce it five times. You might do a hundred viewings. You'll sell it in the end. Um, I think the, the the bigger challenge is if you bring them to the market at a price which is not sort of relevant, let's say, for want of a better description, and you lose the instruction, that's when you're burning money. Yeah, and uh, I, again, uh, I, I'll bang on about this constantly, is is how many times does the value of put the house on the market and then leave it to the next and chip away? When in reality, I, again, I will bang on about this to the cows come home. You put it on the market, you get it reduced. I do not think next should be there to reduce houses. It should be the value where they, they employed you to put the house on the market so that you employ you to, to actually get the price down. And it's worth having a go. You know, sometimes you've got to overcook it, but get it, if you're not doing it, get it down within a few weeks. And why I'm that? Again, about whilst, that one, I think, uh, whilst I think I'm getting it, off my soapbox, if it re- why do you need a 20-week sole agency agreement? You know, <laughs> come on. Oh, just so much there, isn't there? I think different businesses have different roles and responsibilities and they tackle challenges in different ways. And I, I think that's fine. I don't think there's one rule and one way of doing it. I think there's many and all roads lead to Rome, so to speak. Yeah, um, but some, some, don't, some are dead ends and they lose half the property. Maybe, yeah. Uh, agency agreements, but they're all right, aren't they? What's wrong with them? There's nothing wrong with sole agency agreements. Uh, why should it be 24 weeks? How long do you want it? 16? I think, I, I think eight, eight weeks with a rolling two-week notice period thereafter. It's fair. If you, have, if you need more than eight weeks, why do you need more than eight weeks? I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll the question. I, think, uh, I think it's all down to the conversation you have, isn't it? Um, 
Yeah, and don't uh, get yeah. me started about listing bonuses. Oh dear. Anyway, let's move on and talk to sales before we all get uh, inched off. Oh, no, I'm not baiting you anymore. Now that's it. I'm done. Go. Right. So we're we're on to weekly growth sales, and this week we hit twenty thousand six hundred sixteen. The running four-week average is 20,900 because we had a cracking week last week. It was 21,500. Um, and the year-to-date weekly average is 21,777. Yeah. Okay, so we are we are running at about 5 or 6% below the average 19 figures. Yeah, and price redu- productions are up. Yeah. So I think, you know, I'm not getting involved with okay. sort of I mean, polarity in terms of the market, but I think the conversation we had when we, we last saw each other, which I think was six weeks, but I can't recall, might have been eight, was exactly that. You know, what's going to happen with these reductions? What's going to happen with, with the sales? Um, you know, and ideally we want it going the other way. I mean, just to give you an idea, the listings year to date are 99.7% of the 17, 18, 19 figure. Gross sales are 94.3% of the 17, 18, and 19 year-to-date figure. Right. We'll get to net sales, but net sales are 89.9% of the 17, 18, or 19 average. So It's a lot of cash there, Chris. There is, but interesting, interesting that obviously fall-throughs are much higher. It's a lot yeah. of cash. Listings are the same. Gross sales are 5% below. Net sales are ten percent below. So again, anyone who's who's watching this and looking to set some some uh, targets for next year, I think it's very fair that if you're looking on exchanges, look at your seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen figures, and knock off ten percent on the assumption that the market remains the same. Can't go up, and I don't, you know, God knows what will happen. No fees can, but okay. Yeah, okay. But interestingly, people have been saying, you know, what about fees? Well, house prices have risen roughly since since the start of pandemic. House price um house prices have risen by very similar amounts to what inflation has. So if house prices have gone up, your 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 uh, fees in real terms should be exactly the same. But anyway, let's get back to sales again. So the that's the sales. So well, the hang pink- on, just on that one though. Go on. Where they're going to finish at the end. What exchange? Two, to 3% lower than the beginning of the year, um, which puts us, what, 17% higher than what you're talking about pre-pandemic? Does that sound reasonable? Sorry, what are we talking about here? Net sales, gross so, sales? No, prices. You were just talking about prices. Where's your Where's your punt on where they're going to finish? Do you know, I'm... I'm 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 not going to guess that one. I'll do it next week because I haven't had I I don't I only say what I know and I'm not going to say that. No. I will say it. I have put my flag in the sand to say 885,000 completions. Yeah, I've had it tattooed okay. on my forearm. Okay, but we won't actually know that until probably May or June next year when all yeah. the all the numbers have come in. Um yeah, still confident on that one. Okay. Um Gross sales today, as I said, eight hundred seventy-one thousand gross sales, and the average price three five six. Um, that's the number of sales this week, which is twenty thousand sixty-six. Like I said, and I think this is quite telling. This is the average listing price versus the average sale price. So let's talk. No, so anything you want to add about the actual numbers of gross sales? Remember, we're five percent below seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen. I think this, I said to you before. I think there's a lot of cash there. 
What do you, um, what do you mean by a lot of cash? That people aren't going to earn. You know, if you look at sort of net profitability of, of, of the smaller agency businesses, um, you know, you, you talk about it amongst friends over a drink, four or five percent doesn't sound like much money. You, you, you take it out of your business, it's a lot of money. Again, there's a lot of agents that are running quite close to, to the wire when it comes to profitability. And um, what's your thoughts on, you know, what I am noticing an awful lot in a state agency from some of the more, how can I say, smarter estate agents, is that they are really stripping out, that they're reducing headcount, but what the people that they are keeping, they're whacking their value, you know, instead of having 10 people in the office, they'll have five, but they do pay them a hell of a lot more, and then outsourcing stuff. What's, you know, an interesting, ad, interesting conversation on LinkedIn and Facebook about outsourcing the two, my, I'm, I'm a big fan of outsourcing um, sales progression, and viewings and that created a really interesting suggestion that why the hell should you let some, a, a stranger show someone around a house and why would you let someone loose on your sales pipeline what's your thoughts on outsourcing those two things I, I do know i have a lot of thoughts about that because i do it for a living i guess chris but i think that um i think with we're in a a really interesting state technologically speaking right now because what you've got is very valuable and advanced technology becoming widespread and very inexpensive and very accessible very quickly which can can't but change things so i think there's an element where if you look at agency business processes and value you know the stuff they do great stuff secret source and basic stuff they don't want to do there's an element to sort of actually consider insourcing now new technology that wasn't previously available in particular around sort of ai and i suppose automation the two you picked are quite interesting viewings is very much a um a human and in-person service and if you accompany viewings which some agents don't or some have a blend of vendor-led viewings and, and and physically accompanied viewings um you know others move to to block and open houses stuff like that which is another way of accommodating a lot of people inexpensively. I actually think it's it's probably a brand choice. Um, I think a company viewings that are done by an outsource is probably quite a good idea a lot of the time. Um, it is more expensive than the pound and pence you'll pay your own person to do it, but it's a lot easier to, to sort of deliver it on demand, I suppose. It, it, um, it depends if that, that's freeing that neg up to actually do some business generation work, which will earn you more. Yeah, and, and you know, viewings is a, is a really great place to get your next instructions. Um, yes, you know, if, you, if, on that one. But again, if you buy this house, how are you going to pay for it? Because I can help you with that. Um, I, I, I think that's the, probably the biggest challenge around outsourcing viewings. Sales progression, I, I find quite contentious because in many businesses, it's part of their secret source. Um, not every business has moved sales progression um, into isolated roles. And some of that file handling, case handling is still done by next and valuers, just the, the, the branch in general, just distribute that workload. Other businesses have refined it into a, an isolated role uh, within their business. Um, I find it contentious. I, I don't want necessarily to comment on the players in the market that deliver it as a service, so to speak. Um, but I think that it is very important. You know, I can tell you from my own experiences that the better you do it, the more you refine it, the more money you make and the happier your customers are. So I think if you if you want sort of contentious elements of that point, do sales progression really, really well and don't ever 
um, allow that to slide because it makes the till ring. As to whether you outsource it or not, I think that just comes down to your own relationship model, your own business model um, to sort of plug a little bit. I think that the advantageous use of modern technology can be applied very well to sales progression, in particular automation. There you go. There's a plug. Um, I think we do a lot of heavy lifting in sales progression, you know, and also, you know, the whole terminology around sales progression is because the industry fundamentally doesn't work very well in that we rely on battering groups of people with telephone calls to drive a transaction. You know, if you, if you phoned up Amazon and said, you know, how do you make sure something gets delivered to my doorstep once I've ordered it? They will not tell you that they phone and chase people and do all that sort of stuff. They do it with data and technology. And I think if you look at blockchain, blockchain technology that's coming into the marketplace, you know, we're going to start seeing a transactional platform or platforms which might start to negate the need to be constantly chasing each other and annoying each other with telephone calls to try and get transactions over the line. And the sooner, the better, in my opinion. Good stuff. Nice one. Okay, so the average price of a property coming on the market, as I said this week, was £436,000. Um, that's slightly more... Okay, so um, that's very similar to what it was last week. Um, I found it fascinating, this big jump here, um, this big jump here, which was everyone coming back off their summer holidays and the posh houses coming on the market, but that is now returning back down. But the average price of a property selling has remained very tight around that three forty to three fifty area. Yeah, and we need a couple more. Li- we need a couple more weeks in that line there to see how the relationship with that and the SSTCs pans out moving forwards. Um, you are right; you've got a big fluctuation there, but I think it is seasonally driven to a certain extent. Um, it's an interesting yeah. one. You know, the only other thing I would say is that sometimes, you know, when the Porsche dealership forecourt is full, um, you know, you know, people are offloading assets and um, it could be that there's an indicator of that or was at that time. But, you know, seemingly now it's coming back down to, a you know, you draw a line through the whole thing at where are we at? 424, is it? 420 something, 425? Um you know, if we put a line straight through the lot. I mean, interestingly, looking at 2022, the average price of a property coming on the market in July and August was 412. And then the average price of a property coming on the market on the first week, first month coming back from summer holidays was also, was 447. So it did jump up. So again, that's a seasonal thing. Okay, let's get back uh, to um, let's get back to uh, the stats because that's what we're here for. Okay, there we go. Ball throughs again continue to slide slightly, which is good to see. Um, I just pull the stats up. Hold on. So the fall throughs are almost identical as last week. Four thousand seven hundred. I've got to get used to this because this is like this is a two-sided graph where's the beginning of the year oh six oh twenty three oh one right okay fine twenty three oh one to now so they are climbing for this year though well again once you've got okay so let's, let's let's ignore this this dip here yeah okay. well your line there covers two years or, or one and a half years i guess this, yeah this covers from july 22 so right yeah, so, so january 23 to now 
the number of fall yes, throughs but... per week is rising this year. Yes. But... And we are not at the peak. The peak was June, was it? Looking at it, tilt my head, but yeah. It was June where it was six and a half thousand. I personally prefer the percentage. This this graph here, which shows the percentage, mm-hmm. okay. and again ignoring that. But this you got December there, this, yeah. So okay. again, look, we were at forty percent here during you know the months after the Liz Trust budget. She's drifting yeah. down slightly. She was bumbling on quite nicely. So we've gone from twenty two to twenty eight percent. Yes, that's nasty. Yes, but then if you ask most estate agents, they say one in three house fall through. When in reality, you know, the long term average of fall throughs is 24.3%. Which is, I think, if you draw a line between January and June, there, pretty much the number you're going to get, isn't it? Yeah. About there. There you go. Yeah. Fall throughs as a percentage this week 28. Oh, there we go. There's 24.3 there. And again, interesting, look look at the fall-through rates there in 22, because obviously 12th of October, we had just about hit, the, the poo had hit the fan with regard to the trust, uh, Liz Trust budget. Why that yeah. was higher there. No more fizz with Liz. There you go. And uh, the number of fall-throughs as a, as a hard number. Let's move on and look at net sales. So again, net sales this week, we are on 14,800. Last week it was 15,800 the week before 14,900 and the week before that also 14,900 so the average um the average for the year is 16,300 so we are slightly we are running slightly below the average but again thoughts on this and again I'll just give you this graph here so interestingly we are presently at 89.9% year to date with net sales compared to 17 18 and 19 mm-hmm. okay that did get that started off early doors in 23 at around 90 she steadily grew up to about 95 96 and since the summer she's been slowly drifting down a couple of percent point percentage points last week it was 90.0 this week it's 89.9 so she is the gap is slightly widening, but it is at a snail's pace. Thoughts on net sales? Say, so, I think for the third time in this conversation, there's a lot of cash in there, isn't there? Indeed, right. Um, you know, it's um, well, look, if uh, if we finish on your magic number of eight, eight, five, um, that's a lot of money people can't earn this year, so. You know, you're right, the house price is, is up a bit, so there's a bit more in the fees. You would hope agents are putting their fees up or working hard to get better fees, especially if vendors are asking them to come to the market at tough pricing strategy and, you know, trying to sort of cheat the market a little bit with the money. But that I think that number's a frightening number, Chris. But you know me, I'm a half glass full sort of guy. I think I'll have taken that at the start of the year, considering what the newspapers are saying. Okay, fair enough. What I am interested in, and this is only anecdotal evidence, is that the stronger agents seem to be getting stronger and the weaker agents seem to be getting weaker. How about that? There you go, eh? Okay, we'll just whisk through these final ones. Um, we, this, And again, these are all available. So all the graphs that are available, they are without... 
permission, I'm asked that you don't put them on social media, but you can download them for your own personal benefit and use them on your valuations free of charge. I've got no issue with using them at the vowels. Um, the link to download all these is on the YouTube channel. If you look up in the right in the description, scroll down to the bottom, there'll be a link there that you can download these. Um, we talked about, as I said, the, this is the percentage difference between listings and, and sale price. We've, we did a graph earlier on, but it's just another pie chart, just shows you price changes as percentage of listings. That's quite, again, uh, Christian said, you said earlier on that price changes are quite high and they are quite high there at 76%. And gross sales, um, again, just slightly below the running the average but we did say that remember you know I, I think on the price changes you know um you've got to sell stuff so yeah. if if price reductions generates interest in properties and you sell it it's a good thing and actually when you're on a sort of one percent fee the impact that price reduction has on your fee is not huge, certainly not compared to the impact that price reduction has on the vendor's takeaway value. Um, so, you, you know, price adjustments, as I suppose is probably a more polite term, they're not necessarily a, a bad thing. It's just concerning, I think, that, that as that number rises, it is saying that, you know, agents are struggling to sell price, the properties at the prices they originally suggested or the vendors pushed upon them. You know, if you've got people that are, um, that are hostage to borrowing or or other reasons and they're pushing agents to list at values which are higher than the market can sustain that's a really hard thing for an estate agent to tackle you know i need to get 300 grand for this house but it's not worth it mr vendor but i need it i need that money um and i just think with these price reductions that what we're seeing there is agents having to work harder to offload stock that costs money um and it costs relationships. Vendors get annoyed about it. Um, and I think, you know, we're talking week on week. So is a week going to change the year? I don't think it will. But what I do think is we've seen indication that agents are having to really fight to get stuff sold. And therefore, fees should be commensurate with the work you do. So don't pull your pants down on your fee. And again, be the first choice, second estate agent. And again, I have something which I find estate it. I find fascinating with estate agencies. Make if you do walk away, it's really important that you make it easy for the the vendor to come back to you. So many estate agents will lose it on a valuation, and then because they're mortally wounded and offended because they've been rejected, they don't keep in contact with that vendor because it's it's reminding them of that rejection, which again is a huge fear. Yeah, although you you talked a few moments ago about you know the the sort of. you know, long-term sole agency agreements and, you know, 57% of something is better than 100% of nothing, isn't it? So I suppose now is the time, if you've got to come to the market at a higher price, get them on a long agency agreement so at least you get paid. Oof, you know, controversy there. Right, we've got some stats here which you can download, but we're not going to look at them on the screen. We're going to look at them on my other screen. So why is that controversial while you get your date? Why is that controversial? Because are you doing a service to your vendor by they fall in love with something, but you deliberately overvalue it, but don't t- that can't be bothered as a valuer to take personal responsibility to get it down reasonably quickly. 
It remained stagnant. And while quote that which report that said that overvalued properties go for less money in the end. So your your vendor misses out on the property of their dreams, can't move their kid into the right school in the right catchment area. And when they do sell, they sell it for less money, according to that report from which. I suppose. I guess so. If you've had that conversation, which is this day, this month, this quarter, this year. And so you've made it clear to a vendor that given an amount of time, you could achieve a certain price. If they choose the this day price, they're agreeing with you that they've got to be strategically aggressive with their pricing strategy to get it gone in a very short space of time. Indeed. In the same way as you would with an auction property. You're not going to go, go to market with an auction property at some big ball price that you're never going to get. You're going to come in low, get the get the sort of feeding frenzy going and get people excited about it. Um, not all properties arrive at the market overpriced because they've been overvalued. Okay, I'll give you that. And I tell you what I am finding is this, is that, is that the market is quite like a fly's eye. So you have one town where it's on fire. And then because, again, I, was, I know you know this, but some of the people watching this is that my daytime job is I write content for estate agents, social media, in a ghostwritten style, so they put their name to it. And you could be looking at two towns and the saleability in one town is like on fire and the next town along it's everyone's put the house on the market, they're not selling. It's weird, 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 weird. Mm. Okay. So these are some these, of that's driven by yield, isn't it? Investment yield. But yeah. Okay. But again, there's not many towns that are driven by buy to let investment unless apart from the big northern cities, mm. or probably likes of your Brightons and your things like that. So we'll take that with a pinch of salt made. Right. Okay. Um so these are the national and regional stats, which you can download from the from the stats. The magic, we're not going to spend too long on these, but green is good and red is bad. Green is good and red is bad. So you can have a look at these and they're basically, here we go. But isn't it interesting is this, is that as you look at the regions on the left-hand side and it says there new instructions um, and, and, and price instructions are sale agreed and, and net sales and all the other beautiful percentages on here, See how the tonality is very similar depending on the region. You know, look here. So this is the end of August going into September, how the basically the number of price changes went up and the price changes here went up and the price changes here went. So look, you can see that every estate agent was on holiday in August or well, the vendors were on holiday. So the price structures were lower in August and then Green, red, green. So the tonality and the way the general direction, what's happening is very similar depending on the regions. Okay. Again, very similar here in London. There wasn't that much activity. And then she's come back again in price reductions and a bit more uh, listings. So just again, we're not going to spend too long on these guys, uh, boys and girls. Um, you can just have a look and get a flavor for these and then download them and compare them with your town. Um, Anything you want to say on this before we move on and look at um, the, the, the the focus on Fulham? Not really. Um, I think it's, um, yeah, it's an interesting picture. There seems to be focused in a lot on price reductions, but I think it's an important factor in the agency space. Um, okay, you know, well, um, let's, let's go and look at Fulham. that got pretty there you go mate we're just pushing the bear out on the graphics the production values so ladies and gentlemen uh today we are focusing on the fulham estate agency and we're going to do a bit of lettings at the end but mainly estate agency we are using the 20ea insights platform okay 
20 EA Insight platform is available to all the state agents on a town, uh, county, regional, and even on a national basis. Uh, it is available free of charge uh, for three postcodes. For um, If you go to 20 EA Insights, there is a function that you can have it for free for, three, uh, for, for looking at the data in the last three months. Um, and then if you give them some shekels that you, you get more areas and uh, you also get a longer uh, date spread on, on your stats. Um, I'm not being paid by 20EA to say it. I'm just a bit of a fanboy when it comes to the platform. I think its data is amazing. It's like right move pie charts on steroids uh, and, and right move plus on steroids. It's an amazing bit of kit. And it will tell you stuff that will help you as a state agent. It's not just your market share, but stats that can you can actually use on the doorstep in the house to prove that you're a better state agent. You sell the houses quicker, you get a better price, and how quick you sell it as well. But as I said, I'm not being paid. They provide me this platform free of charge. As a, and in return, I mention it and use their data to help you boys and girls out there in a state agency land. I know you're a bit of a fan yourself was uh, on the 20EA, aren't you, uh, Christian? I think it's brilliant. Good stuff. So like most things, ladies and gentlemen, it's looking at the data and seeing how it goes. So for the purposes of this, we're looking at Fulham, which is S. Oh, it really has gotten pretty though, hasn't it? Look at all those shadows. There you go. Wow. Yes. <laughs> And just to make you aware, it is actually changing again with even more data coming in the new year. So, yeah, it's an amazing bit of kit. Power BI glorified. Right. Okay, right. Well, okay, calm down and um, let's crack on. So, first thing we always do is look at the new instructions of the properties that have come onto the market. The average price of a property that's come onto the market in that since January 21 has been 1.2 million pounds. So let us see who the bad boys of um bad boys and girls, obviously, of Fulham are. So first off, we start off with Chesterton's and Chesterton's. So you're going back to, to 21, are you? Two years. Why, do you want, why? What would you like me to do? No, 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 no. I'm just I just I just saw that big number there and I'm thinking, wow, we've got it's a lot of properties. Um, fair enough. Let's let's fine. The reason that I mean the reason I've gone back that far is that it enables me to see what's happened to me. Yeah, no, no, that's grand. Okay. So you can quite clearly see here that the so the average property in Fulham is 1.2 million houses, pound notes. And let's see, we're starting off with Chesterton, so are the biggest estate agent in Fulham. They have a market share when it comes to new listings of around that eleven percent. And you can quite clearly see here that their average price is, again, 1.2. So they're hitting the average. Um, and their market share for new listings is bouncing up and down between 10 and 15%. It's interesting. Okay, let's next go out to Foxton's. Foxton's 1.1 million. So, or just, they're actually knocking on the door of 1.2 very closely. Again, their market share seems to be bouncing around between 10 and 20%, although she has leveled off slightly and she's now around that 10% mark. Let's look at Savills. So Savills obviously an upper quartile agent. So their price is at 1.6. We will go and have a look at the upper quartile market once we'll have a look at that in a second. Um, so let's have a look at Dexter's. So again, it looks like Dexter's are at the uh, lower to middle market because their average price is £928,000 and their market shares again been bouncing all over the shop between 4% and 8%. So 
So interesting that I've, we've not seen any growers or droppers. They're just kind of bouncing up and down. It's quite spiky, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we can't really see evidence here of um, multi-agency agreements. What I do think is over that period of time, it's quite, uh, if you look at that top 10, it's quite a high volume of high fee listings um, okay. for, for those businesses to be handling. I mean, I don't know what the percentage is that um, exchanges, for, you know, if they're on multis, but it's, a, it's, a, it's a quite a large number of high value instructions to be handling. Okay. Well, interestingly, um, one in, I think it, at the moment, one in, is it seven or seven? Got, uh, one in 14 properties at the moment on a multi-listing basis, but that is a national figure. No, not yeah, not for Fulham. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Let's look at Kinley's. Again, all over the place there when it comes to uh, new instructions. Let's have a look. Uh, Marsh and Parsons seems to be drifting slightly. And again, they're at 996. We just, okay, 1.2 back with, um, uh, sorry, John John D. Woods. It looks like you've had a good October, but again, bouncing around, nothing much happening there. And then Winkies, well, they seem to be growing quite well. So, um, yeah, okay. So you said, let's go, that's that, that's that. Let's go and have a quick look. I'll just take a photograph of this so we can compare it. Hold on a second. There we go. Hold on, there we go. There we go. Good stuff. We'll tell what we will just have a quick look at is the upper quartile. So um, the upper quartile is going to be, I'm going to go for anything over 2 million. I think that's a fair compromise. Let's have a look. So here we go. As you would expect, the three it's amigos. Lots of them. Savills, Knight, Frank and Chesterton's. I've got a big lump of the upper quartile properties as you would expect mm. um and this is for anything over two million pounds uh let's just see what sabs have been doing okay no growth there just bouncing up and down uh night frank don't know what's happening to you guys uh chestertons okay and then foxtons so again oh hold on a second my apologies foxtons you i've got you you've got your foot in the door with the upper quartiles as well so we'll get those back okay um you said what about in exchanges? Well, we've got another screen on those, but we'll just have a quick look at the exchanges to see what, what's happening there. And you can see that Chesterton's that their Chesterton's had a market share of eleven percent, seven point eleven point seven percent on listings, but they have a market share on exchanges of fourteen point six seven. Okay. Savills have a market share of seven point three eight. But their market share on exchanges is ten point four. Sorry, though, hang on. The um, what was the number of listings in the time frame versus exchanged? Tell me the office. Tell me the office, and I'll give you the number. No, I meant for the market. Sorry. Um, hold on. So let's just do that. Okay. So that's all of market. Is it no no brand filter? Hold on. There we go. So. In that time frame, January 21 to 23. 8,325 listed. Yeah, and then exchanged. 2,853. Right. We're going to dive into that a little bit more detail on that one. Um, again, note, what I will just state for the record is Dexter's do not will not appear on this list because Dexter's do not mark their property source of the contract and do not Therefore, we can't trace them on their exchanges. Okay, so I'm straight for the record that the Dexter's figures 
you know, are because of their their business choice that that they do that that their figures on the next one of the next screens is not going to look particularly good. But again, that's the reason why. And um, there's nothing wrong with Dexas at all. It's just that's their business decision to to do that. Um, interestingly, let's just move on and look at the stock of properties, and we can quite clearly see here that the stock levels. So you've got January is is the dark blue, uh, twenty two is the uh, yellow, and the red is twenty three. And if you can notice that the stock levels now, you've got to ignore. Um, October slightly because we're still halfway, you know, we're still halfway through it. But if you actually look, the level stock levels in Fulham have hardly changed over the last three years. Whilst if you look, if you went outside of the M25, then the number of stock that's on the market today is approximately 40 to 60% more than it was two years ago. Yeah. So stock levels have hardly changed in Fulham. As I think that's particularly interesting. Yeah. Any more, anything else before we move on to the next screen? Not really. Um, you are right. It's interesting about the stock levels. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, it's an interesting market price-wise, isn't it? Some, some, okay. some, so again, who's got there? Okay, we'll just have a, this. These this is the each month the percentage of stock you've got, and this is obviously going to run very close to your listings. But you can see Chestertons are growing their stock levels there, whilst Foxons are not uh, are dropping their stock levels. Savs is drifting downwards. Dexter's about the same. Aspire down. Kinley's down then. Okay. Uh, Knight Frank. Don't know why nothing's coming up on Knight Frank. Martian Parsons drifting down. Okay, let's move on and look at this. Now this, again, uh, apologies for anyone who's who normally watches this show. You know what I'm about to say. But um, for those uh, ladies and gentlemen who have not watched this, particularly the Fulham agents that might have not seen the show, this particular graph is full of an awful lot of information. It's a bit of a date data geek fest, which is obviously going to interest Stotty here because he's a geek fest uh, sort of data guy. But this is really, really special here. What I want you to do is not even look at new instructions on the instruction market share or sort of the contract and sort of the contract percentages. I don't want to look at fallen throughs and price changes, but I will come to you, Christian, for you to talk about fall throughs and price changes in a second, once I've done my magic with regard to exchange and withdrawals. You see, at the end of the day, as an estate agent, you list a house to sell it and get the house moved. And it's, no, it's all very good looking at sale agreeds. It's do you actually exchange on that bad boy? And I think it's really, really important to compare and this is what this stats does. So you're looking at these four columns here, exchanged and withdrawn. Basically, when a property leaves an estate agent's door, uh, books, it, she leaves because she either exchanges or she withdraws. You know, you could say, what happens when the sale falls through? Well, it comes back, if you keep it on the books, it doesn't leave your agency, it comes back on the market as a listing and off you go again. But exchange versus withdrawn is, the, is basically the exhaust. And the magic thing is here is this. Now, this is really important that Dexter's do not mention their their sales are low, as you can see here, because they don't mention the sales. So you have to just, you know, take that with a pinch of salt. But the magic thing is this. For every 100 houses that Chesterton's put onto the market, they will exchange contracts on 38.89% of those properties. Foxton's will exchange contracts on 14.89% of them. Saffles, 4635 Knight Frank 39.6. Now 
Then we have smaller agents like Aspire at 49. We have Kinley's at 42, Winkworth's at 64, John D. Wood at 63, Martian Parsons 46, sorry, Martian Parsons 38, Brick at, at 49, um, Lawson Rutter at 51. And, we, and again, I'm just going to spend a little bit of time on this because, again, there's some agents in Fulham that are, will be watching this. You can quite clearly see that there is a massive gap here between some of the agents who are exchanging contracts on a really no number and some that are exchanging contracts on a higher number. The average in Fulham for the last 12 months is 33.4% of properties that have come on the market of exchange and completed. What's the national average on that? Because that seems to me to be quite good. Um, I can't remember. You have told me what the national average is, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, that's um, presently running at about the, the early 50s. It, early mid late fifties because we're looking at new that. instruction to exchange is fifty something percent. No, if you look at if you okay, so what what they, what this figure is? This is basically the last twelve months. Anything that's left in the state agents' books. So that's not listings. It's not sales. It's how many have come off of the agents' books. Yeah, right. Okay, there's lot. There's too much data on this screen. All right. So that's the purpose of me is to explain this screen. I mean. You know, and the bottom line is this: if an agent for for all the, so here we go. Look, so if you add those two numbers together, withdrawn and exchanged, you come to a figure of just about three thousand, don't you? Well, uh, two thousand nine hundred ninety-eight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, those two figures there. That's the exchange column, and that's the withdrawn form. Add the two together: two thousand nine hundred ninety-eight properties have left Fulham estate agents' books in the last. 12 months of which one of which 1003 have exchanged yeah one one and 1995 have been withdrawn got it so if i do exchange to instruction i get 36 percent. yes 35.7 yes but i would expect that in london right but what i don't expect is this that again ignoring dexter's okay but the bottom line is this, is look at the range in that top five. Twelties. Top, top ten. You know, you've got agents like Winkworth, independent agent working as a under a franchise brand, who quite clearly here, along with John D. Woods, can say, Mrs. Niggins, if you put your house on the market with me, you have over a six in ten chance of selling. And then if you go up against one of the other agents, there are other agents in that list whose figures are nearer one in six if it's because of multis though it's a probably a different pitch isn't it? it it is but the bottom line is this is that the agents have actually done the job they've been paid to do so if you're well, they, they both to... have we just don't know which agent sold it if well, it was on do, a multi you you do because the a multi-agency the other agent won't slap it as sort of the contract will they no but the vendor got what they wanted Yes, but the thing is... The and thing, maybe had a higher chance of getting it. Okay, but the purpose of this is to work out which estate agent actually does the job they're paid to do. Interesting time. So again, just those are the stats. Have a look at them, ladies and gentlemen, and you can see how good or bad you potentially are compared to your competitors. Um, 
What about for what about price changes? Again, the average is forty nine percent of houses in Fulham have had a price reduction. You've got mm. some there like Savills who are pricing at twenty nine percent. Only twenty nine percent of properties are, are being. Um, if you changed. order the data by price change, and we look at the rank, I think that's going to be an interesting order. Other way. Other way. There you go. Oh, God, it's put the junk data. It doesn't work. It's putting the junk at the top. Okay, fair enough. Okay. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. Good stuff. Right, okay, I'll get it back to rank. There you go. What I'd be interested to see, because I noticed some, some a mixture of large and small numbers, but interestingly, what are Chesterton's running at? So they're exchanging on 39%, but they're making 61% price changes. I mean, they're, they're really working hard for a living, aren't they? That's hard work, um, that yeah. happen, you know, for Chestertons, because you've got some big numbers there. I'd hate to be the cameraman or camerawoman and the person that does the uh, floor plans on those. Um, it, yeah, and uh, other interesting stats of various different, how good or bad, I'm not going to mention names yeah. on, on that. Right, should we move on and look at the next one? The only other thing I suppose that, that shows us there, and I, I can't see because of where my Zoom is, but if you just scroll down... The whole, not that data, the whole of the screen, so we can see the online piece. Yeah. So definitely people, I would say, in Fulham prefer um, the sort of, well, I don't know how to describe it in a way. Local-based estate agent. Gun down outside my house. Yes, perfectly put. Thank you. Okay. Um, interestingly here, this, this graph here shows that in the last 12 months, the number of listings for the whole of Fulham is 9.43% less than it was for um, October 21 to October 22. Mm. Okay. So between October 22 and October 23, there are 9.43% less listings. So it's interesting. It looks like John D. Wood have really pulled their socks up on the listings like Frank have done. So if you're at minus nine, you've, you've treading water. So their Savills, they're about the, they're about the same, but they're actually nine percent up on the market. Like Frank at twenty two, but interesting. Look, Foxtons and Aspire and Kinleys are all down. So that's interesting. If we just take a couple of those, uh, so John D Wood. If you just go back, yeah, then we look at John D Wood at the top there, isn't it? I can't see now. You've moved there. Hold on. There you go. Yeah. So they've grown forty four percent. And they're exchanging on sixty-three percent of their properties. They're good numbers, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, let's just have a quick. So this is this is John D. Wood here, and they were that. So basically, um, if you look at the graph, you can see the movement. Right. So look, look at Foxton. So that's this year. Foxton's. So Fox. Look at that huge movement. Foxton's have had a real drop in Fulham in terms. So. That's last year. Foxton's bringing it in. Mm. Chest yeah, yeah. um, They so interestingly, if you look, so if you're looking uh, October 21 to October 22, it looks like Foxton's and Chesterton's were the main dominant agents because they were very close together. Foxton's have pulled their horns in slightly. Savills have hardly moved. So again, if the further on the right, the more listings you have, the further you are up the graph, the the, the average price. So you can see here that Savills have retained market, but Knight Frank seems to be growing in the post one and a half million range. Chesterton's have, have moved up slightly. Um, 
Yeah, there's lots of movement there. Lots of movement. Again, have a look. And that's the beauty of this piece of software. Again, do contact them. You get access to this free of charge, and it's a brilliant bit of kit if you know how to use it. Um, as I said, I'm not being paid to say this. Let's move on and look at this graph. Now, again, a bit of a data geek fest here, so we'll just spend a minute or so uh, looking at this. So lots of data, and the first column here is um, what happens is 20EA will look at every single one of your listings and apply an automated valuation model figure to that price, to that house. Chesterton's, will the, so, and they'll look at all your 345 houses at Chesterton's, and then what they will then do is that they will then look at how much have you put the house on the market for over and above that automated valuation model figure. And you can quite clearly see here that there are estate agents here who overvalue properties because the numbers are much bigger. So you've got Dexter's at 3.45 and you've got Kinley's at 3.97 and JLL at 4.25. You've got Tom DeWitten at the bottom at 4.25. I'm not criticizing. These are just the stats, okay? Is the automated valuation model bang on there is no such thing as a perfect automated valuation model but it, it's at, if you're applying the same model to all the properties and they're in the same location then you're, you're at least you're coming off the same hymn sheet um but then, am i just um just killing off the chat say again yeah on the right hand side there's a chat window yeah thank you okay good yeah stuff. so if you look on the the variance though you, you, know, you picked out dexters but they're beige on uh variance also yeah, so, the, I mean, again, we are looking these in isolation and we're going to bring them together as we move right further right on the graph, okay? Because, mm. again, this is a bit of a geek fest and, you know, and, and it's important you know what you're looking at. So the next column here is price achieved. So they'll look at what price did you achieve from the property from the original asking price? So Chesterton's will... Over and again, we'll put the property on the market at on average of one point three two percent above what they um, Chesterton's think it's worth. Sorry, what um, twenty eight think it's worth, and then the the price that's actually achieved is five point five nine percent below that original asking price. And you can quite clearly see here there are some agents here. Now this is interesting. Look, Dexter's and Kinley's are very similar when it comes to their what they put it on the market for, which they're at the higher end, okay? Yet, when it actually comes to what they achieve for it, see, look, Kinley's 10.25% less. Yeah. Dexter's, one of the best figures in the top 10 at 2.69. So if you want to know what percentage, you just add up the two and work out what the difference is. Now, Again, percentages are not particularly brilliant. A lot of people don't get them. So what happens here is this. 20EA will take the average property in Fulham, which is 1.3 million, and say, what would the, each agent sell that house for? So Chesterton's would achieve, so if we just scroll down here, so the average 1.3 million house here in the, would sell on average for 1.269 million pounds in, in the last 12 months. Because people, you know, London's a bit tougher. The price is a bit harder. But then you then look at all the different agents, Christian, and it actually shows you what variance you got off the average. So therefore, Chesterton's will get twenty five thousand 
£500 less than the average in Fulham compared to the Fulham average, whilst Foxton's will get £30,000 less and Savile's £12,000 less, Knight Frank £7,000 less, but Dexter's will get £39,000 more. Now, again, there's lies, damn lies and statistics, and one has to take these stats with a, with a pinch of salt, but the beautiful thing about these stats is that bosses can look and see whether your uh, your negs and valuers are overvaluing and what you're actually achieving for the prop for the punters. And again, I would say to any Fulham agent watching this is that you cannot use this stats in your marketing, but you can use, if you buy the product, you can take it out and show the vendors these graphs. I do speak with the 20 EA guys. Again, I'm not on commission here, but it's a very powerful bit of kit that you can see. Any thoughts on this before we move on? Only that on other occasions when I've looked at this data and particularly with you, there's often a correlation between the the top ranking, and I mean that ranking in terms of 20 EA's ranking, agent, and the tightness of those numbers. Um, and actually, there's quite a lot of fetch at the top in the Fulham market. Some of that just could be around the fact they are dealing with bigger numbers. Um, but it is interesting. Also, you know, they've gone with the average listing price, which doesn't necessarily accommodate which end of the market that agent's playing hardest in whether they're going up to the two, three million stuff or down to the five, six hundred, because there were some properties at that price, weren't there? You can actually change it. So you just look right, at okay. it like there. Yeah. Again, it's, it doesn't change the 1.3 million price, but it does actually show you for all the listings in that price range, what, what sort of, you know, what sort yeah. of, so that that's interesting to see. Again, you can play with this to your heart's content. You can put on what type of house and you, as I said, you can go, as I said, we're Fulham here because I've already preloaded it, which is SW6. Again, the magic is this, is use the data for, for your own benefit and you can use it in the valuation to prove that you get more for a house than someone else. And again, some of these smaller agents with, and again, I will just say for the record, that a lot of that number there is being dragged. The top agents don't look so good. And I think a lot of that is that there are some agents here with such small numbers that is going to affect the 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 averages okay yeah um i wouldn't expect normally the big agents to be on all under the average i don't know interesting okay let's move on and look at which agent sells houses quicker and you can quite clearly see here that winkworth's take on average 49 days from new instruction to sale agreed whilst foxton's at the other end take on average 148 days Okay. That's a big gap. Mm -hmm. Then we're looking at the pink lines, which is um, sort of the contract to completion. And most on average, most are hovering around that 90s mark, the 90 to early 100s. But this is interesting. This this puts it in proportion. Normally, if we're outside London, the new instruction to sort of the contract would be around a, th a, third, a quarter to a third of the pie chart in terms of the whole time. What's in London, because it takes so much longer to sell a house, then it's I've never seen it like that before. No, normally. Okay. But again, if I was Winkworths or Lawson Rutter, I'd basically be saying to you, you the other data is this is Mr. Mutt, you know, I will sell your house in half the time as Foxton's. It's not a criticism of Foxton's. This is just how long these guys take to sell houses. Okay. I think if they can, you know, it's a good story, isn't it? Um, the, 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 the shorter the time, the less finance cost. If you 
are borrowing money to pay for the house. True. Um, I mean, I'll get you a higher price, fewer price reductions in a shorter time frame, and my fee will be bigger. Also, I believe 20EA take all this data and produce nice reports, one-page reports that you can use that have been... But I've, so okay. do check them out because, again, some of this is a bit geeky and would work well if the vendor, potential vendors, are a bit geeky numbers. But if they're not, then they do produce these other stuff. Again, I'm not being paid by 20EA to say this. I just think it is... There's not many stuff out there that is game-changer stats, and this is one of them, Okay. Finally, let's just have a quick look at lettings. Now, uh, there isn't that much data on this, but basically you can quite clearly see here that, that the number of new... This isn't Fulham, is it? Yes, this is Fulham. There can't be 3.4 million properties for let in Fulham. Hold on, there we go. Sorry, mate. And not at £1,500 a month. Now we're farming, yeah, three grand a month, eight, yeah, that's more like it. Okay, here we go. Three grand a month seems reasonably low if i'm honest with you I, th I was expecting it a bit higher than that i was expecting you know a thousand pound a week to be honest with you okay so okay so this is interesting let's just have a quick look here so the average and uh, now this is this is interesting is this the average rent in london has gone up 48 percent in the yeah. last couple of years but what they don't tell you is is that the rent dropped by 40 percent between 18 and, and the covid that right. We went into COVID, everyone dumped their rents or houses on the market. The, the, the rental market in London crashed. Right. So actually the net effect between 18 and now is only a 9% rise in London. Net, but she's got she's gone like that whoop, and then she's gone back up again. And yet interestingly, we saw that the onliners didn't really feature so much in that Fulham space on sales. Um just slide the disc over so that we've got 23 in there. Hold on. There we go. This is new instructions. Yeah. So, so yeah. So open rent still with nearly 11% of the market. But what I do want to do is this. Let's just have a look at, um, let's just go there. So, so in Fulham, in 2021, 6,113 properties came on the market at an average rent of 2,567. Mm. We now move that to um, 22. And now the figure's gone up to 3,362 with 5,057 rental properties coming on the market. Yeah. Now, obviously, we haven't got the full year in, in Fulham. So we'll just have to just tweak about a second. Hold on. So now the average rent is now 3,559. But isn't this interesting? We've still got another quarter to go. And we're at 4,887. So we've still got another quarter to go and we're just under 5,000. Let us just have a quick look at what that was, what that was in. Um, there we go. Hold on. Well, hang on, we can we can work that out, can't we? Um, well, we do it now. Hold on. So there you go. Okay. Year to date in Fulham, four thousand eight hundred eighty-seven properties from the first of Jan to the uh, to the end of September have come on the market. Yeah. yeah. What's last year? Three thousand nine hundred thirty-eight. So there has been an uplift 
of 20% of new properties coming onto the market in Fulham mm. for Q1, 2, and 3. So stock, there's more stock coming on the market. Interesting, if we just have a quick look at stock levels, you can quite clearly see here that, look, stock levels were high in 21 because we still had the after effects of everyone dumping their house properties on the market and going out. Yeah. But then they came back in. So this is stock levels. Notice how the, the red let the red, which is 23, so this is num this is the stock levels, and it's greater. And you can see here that they that the stock levels are higher. So in essence, stock levels in Fulham for rental properties are approximately 10 to 20 percent higher, depending on where you are on the month. But and here, they were. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's just have a let's go and just have a quick look at Which I suppose isn't a bad thing, is it really? I don't, no, no, this no. data doesn't tell you how many are under managed, does it? Which is a shame, really. It'd be really interesting. Yeah, we don't have that data, unfortunately. No. So, open rent, I've got 10.6% of the market. Chesterton's 8.5. On instructions, yeah. This is new. But again, most of these, and these aren't brand new first time. These are just relets that come back up. So, again, we're not, these aren't growing. So, again, you've got to take this with a slight pinch of salt because we can't tell you who's, who's growing or not. Foxton's are growing, but again, didn't they? by uh, Douglas and Gordon out. So some of that's going to be tied into these figures. Kinley's, Dexter's, Aspire, Drake Lettings, Savills. I don't know why that's not come up. And Knight Frank. Okay. Okay. Good stuff. Um, I can't say much more on the on the listings uh, when it comes new instructions for lettings, but I think it just gives you a flavour of, of, of what's coming on the market. And, and where agents stand in that marketplace. Right, um, any questions, anything you want to look at before we finish off, Christian? Not really, Chris. Um, that was an interesting trip through Fulham. There you go. Final thoughts before we go. Oh, do you know, I feel actually like um, we've said the same thing on a couple of shows that I've done with you, which is where is this total sales for market for the year going to go um, and what's going to happen in terms of how many um, price reductions overvalue and what is happening with it because it doesn't appear to me that we're seeing yet prices plummeting per se um, price reductions I guess we have to do our own guesswork on how much they're being reduced by. Is it 1%, 5%, 20%? You just, you, just, you know, it's quite hard to actually get a, a feeling about that. And, and, and I feel a bit like things appear to be happening without really happening. Um, we're not seeing, there's no catastrophe, is there? You know, there's a lot of the press is, is quite focused on it being catastrophic and it might turn out to be the case. I, I, I don't think I'm convinced of that. Um, I think the only thing I, I, I do feel is almost, I think, the same wrap-up as we had before. There is less money to go around. There's less cash in that industry. Um, if you're correct with 885, which I think, as I've said before, I think you are, um, people are not going to be able to earn as much out of the industry as they want to, need to, uh, ought to. Um, and I think that's complex. And, yeah, there's ways of of beating the trend of being better and working harder and doing more and delivering better value to, to your customers. But statistically, as you know, lies, lies and statistics, um, 
statistically, there's less money to go around, isn't there? Interesting times ahead for a state agency. Again, it comes comes back down to basics. It's all about prospecting, listing, getting that, negotiating, getting the house sold, and then earning your money from it whilst doing a good job. It sounds really easy and simple to do. It is simple, but it isn't easy. Christian, thank you for your time today. You've been exceptional as always. But more importantly, thank you for watching this show. Um, if you have any questions with regard to the data, please contact 20EA directly, and it's their insights platform. And I will see you next week for week uh, 41, um, and where we'll be looking at another town, and we'll be looking at the national stats. So thank you for your, for your time today.